This is Doug Green, and I'm the publisher of Telecom Reseller, and we are at Cloud Connections 2023, and I'm with Mark Lindsay of ECG. Mark, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. We're going to be talking about voice migration, uh, and we're going to be talking about some of those issues. Before we dive into that, what is ECG? So ECG is a engineering firm. We focus on voice service providers, so we've worked with a lot of the big ones, Vonage, Verizon, Cox, uh, North State Communication. We've also done some enterprises, mostly government, Department of Justice, University of Virginia. And we help their engineering teams to deploy something new, um, maintain their network, expand into a new geographic area, and things like that. I think you've written a paper, is that right, about uh, voice migration? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I um, have noticed, as we've done cloud voice migration projects in the past, that there's a few common themes that have come up. So there were three. Um, that I, I wrote about that, that stood out and then how we overcome some of those obstacles. So what are the obstacles? So there's three that I see really regularly. Um, one is that uh, device compatibility can be a holdup. So if you're moving from, I'm going to call them the losing system, meaning where you're coming from, to the winning system where you're going to, then sometimes there's just not a compatibility on the, on the device. And in this case, I'm thinking of voice devices such as desk phones, speaker phones, uh, door doorbell phones. So these are SIP devices that are physically in the network, um, could be analog gateways. Uh, so that compatibility uh, is sometimes an issue. Another one is um, the getting control over those devices to be able to uh, make them talk to the new service provider and to uh, be able to do provisioning on them. And kind of the last one is cybersecurity controls that ironically uh, kind of get in the way. Uh, so on compatibility, kind of one of the most common holdups is that the uh, the software that's running on the uh, the phones is not compatible with the new uh, winning service provider. So I'll just pick an example. So both Zoom Phone and Ring Central have in common that they can't talk to a Polycom Soundpoint IP 500 or 501. Now there were millions of these phones sold. They're great phones, and many of them are still perfectly functional in service. But Polycom stopped maintaining the software on there mm -hmm. long ago. So you really can't blame Polycom. It's an old platform. It doesn't really have the CPU and horsepower of the modern era. You can't really blame Zoom phone and Ring Central or anybody else who's chosen not to maintain them. But if you've got this investment in devices, you don't necessarily want to. Um, you don't want to have to replace those if there's some alternative. So getting past this obstacle can be tricky. I've seen some cases where a service provider will go and build an individual case basis uh, deployment so they'll be able to support, you know, customer X. They've got 15,000 devices and we're going to build some special support just to do that even though it's a legacy device this will this will kind of tide us over until we can sell and deploy new phones another way that this is sometimes done is a trade-in program where basically you just find a business strategy to replace those devices uh, with something newer um, and that's really not a technical answer at all that's basically say throw out the old ones get get new ones but find some way that's affordable um, for the customer to do that and and yeah let's dive into the solution so you've laid out the problem uh, by the way, who does this happen to? Where, where are they migrating from and where are they migrating So from? they might be migrating from a um, another cloud service provider. So we've been, ECG's been building cloud service providers since 2002. So there's a lot of them out there, and some of them we've seen kind of go through. They're now in basically a legacy phase. Um, it could be something where there's been M&A activity, where a service provider has purchased somebody else, and they've got to move from their older platform to a newer one, to the new supported one. Uh, so you merged in a company. They were profitable. They've got great contracts. Uh, you want to keep those customers, but you need to move them onto a supportable platform now. You need a maybe you've made a decision to go with MetaSwitch, you've made a decision to go with Broadsoft or NetSapiens or or uh, Alianza. You've made a decision to move somehow, and you 
want to move them onto that new platform. So you're basically you're coming from something else. Um, that's really the the main place that we work. It could be Cisco Broadcloud that you know has an end of life now. Uh, it could be any of these systems where you you have a reason to move away. So in your article, what's your recommendation then? Well, I think the the options about um, building out um, some specialized support uh, that's a real option, and based on the finances of it, that may be necessary. I personally would prefer to see some sort of trade-in program, really, right. where you have the you get um, new devices or currently maintained devices on the on the customers' desks and installed in their walls and their meeting rooms, uh, rather than continuing to maintain something. Because I, I kind of follow the NIST principle of you don't really want to maintain. Uh, devices in your network that don't have modern software. And cybersecurity is a real concern. These devices could be used to launch an attack. I see. Can you go into more detail on the other two points? Sure. I mentioned the control for provisioning and management. And this is a challenge because a couple of reasons you've got uh, devices that are never checking in to be controlled. Basically, they're not reaching out to download their configurations sometimes at all, because they've been manually set up. Just horrible decisions that were made 20 years ago. Right. And then sometimes they only check in when they were power cycled or rebooted. And so there's some strategies we can use to um, to overcome that. Uh, and then the, the last point is about network control blocking the migration. So you'll have cybersecurity set up so that um, the devices are able to reach out and talk to the losing service provider, which is great. It's great to have these outbound cybersecurity controls to prevent, you know, uh, certain types of attack vectors. Um, but it turns into an obstacle when you go to migrate them over because now we have to get control of those. And what we've seen in, in bigger organizations, um, public sector organizations, is there's usually many layers of firewalls. So before this device can reach out and touch your server out at the cloud service provider, um, it's gone through several firewalls. There's been several organizations that had to make policy decisions. And so working through that, overcoming that, that's one of the other, other big items. Well, uh, Mark, I want to thank you for joining me today. This has been very interesting. I know it's a busy day here at uh, Cloud Connections. At Cloud Communications Alliance, where can we learn more about ECG and where can we read that article? Yeah, thanks for having me, Doug. Um, the website, ecg.co, uh, is where you can find out more about uh, ECG, and the blog article is posted at ecg.co slash blog. You can also find it on LinkedIn um, with me, Mark Lindsay. Well, don't miss it. Be sure to visit it. Be sure to give it a read. Mark, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Doug.